Guardians are trying to stave off elimination for one more day at the very least and doing their best to help their best friends from the South, the Guardians of the South. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I currently have the game going in the background, so if I get choppy, it'll get turned off. But uh, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today, and a big thank you to today's sponsor. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or remember the promo code LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Uh, I am Jeff Ellis. Again, we're going to state this. With the new Fast Channels, there are new watchers. So Jeff Ellis started out at Indians Prospect, then became Indians Baseball Insider, and then I spent about four years as the lead prospect and draft analyst at Scout and 24-7 uh, on pretty much every drive time radio uh, across the country, except for Cleveland, for whatever reason. But Cleveland you know, loves the draft, Jeff. Yeah, you know, it was <laughs> they've been too good under Tito uh, for them to be there. Uh, you know, not all the time. My first, I, you know, I mentioned this to you, Mark Schwab. That's the guy who gave me my first ever radio spot. So I'll, I'll remember that. And, and TJ was always kind to me back when he was in 92. But uh, yeah, I, Texas was the worst experience. We can save that for another day. But I had a god awful <laughs> experience with Texas. If you've been on the radio, you've been there. There's always one memory that is worse than the others. Uh, I've been there myself. Uh, yeah, Justin Ladd. I've been. I was at Indians Baseball Insider as well at one point. Not while Jeff was there, but a little bit after. And then it became Guardians Baseball Insider, and I was the editor there for a little bit as well. I've also covered prospects and the guardians and slash Indians for the last 10 years between the morning journal, the news Herald GBI, IBI and prospects live. And now a year here with you, Jeff, as we wrap up a, a very interesting year guardians are tuning in. We're, we're recording as the guardians are up five to two in the ninth inning. Emmanuel Classe looking for save 42. Trying to give up a walk. <laughs> yeah. Here. Trying uh, to trying to uh even though you got ahead in this count <laughs> what do we what do we want to start with do we do we i know our thing says josh Naylor. do we want to start there do we want to start with the the stefan of it all since that's fresh in our mind that was our pre-show debate do you want to yeah we could we could start so yeah a couple <laughs> things that we're gonna get to today is josh Naylor's closing out on, on our rbis we'll have a little debate about that and uh look at some historical stats trevor stefan's had a weird year hunter gaddis had a good start on Thursday, we can talk about his role for next year and then uh, some other minor league banter at the end here. Uh, yeah, the Trevor Steffen thing was kind of the, the big piece for us pre-show tonight. He he didn't give up the lead. Uh, they, he gave up the tie, but it, he's had a rough month of of uh, September. I think it is the second ERA really this month, month of... Yeah, his ERA this month is like over 10, I think. It's it's 12, 1279 before coming into this this game. So his his year has been so up and down. I mean, he was great in April, 146, 245 in May. That's good, even though the slash line looks pretty ugly that month. He survived uh, June 3, 386. Ironically, this is why reliever, reliever ERA is deceiving because he had a higher ERA in June than May, but the hitter slash line was much worse in June, July, we remember the blow up he had in Texas and how bad he was 
And then in Kansas City, and then August, he came back at a 1380 area. Looked like he was fixed. And now, now we have to wonder what how much are you counting on him to be your, your lockdown eighth inning guy in 2024? The nice thing is, even with his contract, you're not paying him that much. I'm not saying they're gonna move on from him, but at you know, four years making 2.5 million, it's like that's that's peanuts. Like yeah. honestly, for relief help. So you find a way to make it work. You and get we, more arbitration yes. somehow. And you know, it's it is frustrating because he is the greatest rule five pick in franchise history. Uh, we don't need to go into all the players they've lost, but but he's number one. Tom Waddell, the Scotsman, is, is number two. But for Stefan and his struggles, we were diving through the numbers, and on a very basic level, he is getting hit harder. And they're able to the launch angle has changed, the hard hit percentage has changed. So what's going on? We looked at his pitches. Most of his pitches are are similar to a year ago, but they are really teeing off on that slider to the point that I, looking at the data it feels like he's tipping a slider somehow. That is my take on it. I don't know how he's doing it. And I'm not great at identifying such things in general, but his pitches are all having about the same movement, rotation, spin, fastball velocity is down a little, but that pitch has been really effective according to the data. Uh, and the big thing, it's like walk rate is only up 2%. That's not a huge shift, but his like batters last year, he was like 98th percentile in hard hit, percentage in this year is down in the 30s like it is a pretty big shift even though it's not a huge movement there's some shifting and that's the thing he's just getting hit hard this year guys are able to tee up and it's mostly on that slider his breaking balls are not effective and I, that's that's just why i can't help but wonder like is he somehow tipping his pitches it really does feel like the only thing that makes sense if you look at the numbers i mean the fastball is getting hit Still kind of hard, although not as hard as last year. I mean, teams are slugging the same against it almost as last year. They're hitting it in play a little bit less. He's the splitter is still great, like still has positive run value, plus six and in, in run value, the four seamer plus four for the, the splitter, which it was both good a year ago. The slider has gone from a plus two in run value to a negative four, and a run value on a rudimentary level is just kind of like. How good is that pitch at preventing runs? So if it's a plus, it's good. If it's a negative, it's bad. So all of his pitches last year were plus. This year, they're all plus except for the slider, which is again, gone from plus two to negative four, which is not good. And you look at the the batted ball, or the, the batted ball direction too. Guys are, like you said, they're hitting the ball in the air more against him and they're pulling it more, 41% yeah. pull rate. So that would suggest, right, that he is probably either hanging some sliders or like you were yeah. saying before the show, not to take credit for your, your analysis here, but you know, when you, when you know, a slider is coming, if you, if you put one up there, guys turn on it and they, they, they hammer it. It's one of the easier so, pitches to turn on when you know it's coming. Yeah. Ask Jose Altuve, right? <laughs> I'll be kind tonight. I'll be kind. Uh, you know, it's, uh, someone's being comical. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that. Since someone said, apparently I don't know any other words for comical. Yes. It's probably humorous. I'll just say that it is common. I'm being facetious, okay, Jeff, or whoever made that comment. That's that's my daughter's favorite favorite line. Are you being facetious? Facetious. So, facetious. I'm, yes, that's the one. I'm not super facetious. I'm just a little bit. I'm just. I am. I am facetious. You're facetious, but yeah, I'm it's. Facetious. I I don't know. Like I said, we don't have. It just. Do you think that out. Stefan can be? Are you, Are you comfortable going in the next year with Stefan as your setup man? Like, are you? Can you? 
be comfortable I, going to spring training, assuming he is going to be the eighth inning guy again? I don't feel like you need to go out and spend. I mean, I wouldn't mind. Well, if they're not going to either way. Yeah. You know, it's like, unless you can bring back like Ronaldo Lopez at his current contract value of like $4 million, I'm not really looking to spend, but it's like, I'm okay with what they have and that someone's going to emerge. We've seen Sam. And, and you know what? If it's not, um, if it's not Trevor, it, it should be Henches. Like it looks like he is finally healthy and back and he has been fantastic. He's been like he was last year in the second half. So even if it's not him, I feel like I'm feeling good with Henshaw's to class A. And maybe if people don't agree with me. I know the 20 blown saves are pretty much the difference in this division. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like no no one's bullpen is perfect. Yeah, 20 is a, or, you know the 20 is a lot between the, those two guys. But um, you know even if they were better, it's like yeah, it could be the difference. That's for but this team has had so many struggles. And I'll go back to it again that outside of Josh Naylor. Everyone is underperforming a year ago. That's that's all you really need to say. And I'm okay with henches into class A. When we, you can see what you have in Stefan, and if Stefan bounces back, then it's a deadly bullpen. It's the bullpen that, like I talked about at the start of the year, and I'm like, this is going to be the best bullpen of our life. And if you want to blame me for jinxing the heck out of this team, like when I used to bash Cole Calhoun and people were like, uh, you know, every single time uh, that I seem to take a, a strong take, it would go the other way. Maybe this whole bullpen problem. It's it's not due to Stefan tipping pitches. It's not due to class A uh, in control in the pitch clock. It, it's my fault. Blame Jeff. Blame blame team injury. We have to get back to team injury at some point yeah. as well. We can blame Jeff for that. You know, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm generally not good with running it back bullpen wise because bullpens are so volatile year to year. But I think we both can say we believe in class A being able to turn around next year. Uh, Stefan, you know, it looks like there, there are small things that are making this happen. It could be fluky as well. And like you said, that's the difference to the division this year is those two pitchers, but I'm okay with Alamon on the horizon too, or the reason I'm kind of okay running it back. And who says, you know, you start, you start out with with roughly the same bullpen. Maybe you find a guy on the scrap heap that you can turn around like a De Los Santos or something as class A is throwing balls, the backstop now. Um, Maybe you Don't find worry. one of those guys and then you see what happens. And then maybe, maybe as the season emerges and you're in playoff contention next year, maybe, maybe you give Daniel Espino a shout out of that bullpen sometime next summer. Just saying. And then uh, we're no, just I, gonna I mean, some... that was my plan for this year. So I'm fine with that for next year. Right. So see what, like you said, Alamon Smith, see what Tim Heron brings next year. And maybe if you're lucky, you can bring along. Daniel Spino, that would be exciting to talk about next year. Let's talk about some other things when we come back here in just a moment. Jeff and I both love bird dogs, so much so that Jeff has been wearing his hat on the show every single day. He loves the hat. The hat's comfortable. The shorts are comfortable. I am telling you, I, I wear the shorts Everywhere. I, I told you I wore them my honeymoon. I wore them to bowling. I wore them to family functions. Um, when they say you're not going to take your bird dogs off, you literally, it's the only kind of pants I like to keep on or shorts I like to keep on. How about that? Yeah. that is that a good selling no, point? Those are pants I, I like to keep on. These are literally like shorts that like I'll, I'll go through like a whole day and then like fall asleep on the couch and, and be fine sleeping in them. Like I can wear them for, a, you know, doesn't matter what I need to do. Chasing the kids, mowing the lawn. Uh, going out in public, 
all. I, I'll wear probably wear a pair tomorrow to work on on you know uh, Friday. Dressed out a little bit on Friday, so that that's what they're great for. They're they're comfortable and versatile, versatile, and they're very funnily named. I can't name any of the names on here, or I'd get fired. So you can go check those out for <laughs> yourself. But right now, you're also getting a water bottle with them, and I'm sure it is super high quality because the hat they gave out before was fantastic. I used the Yeti style thermos they gave us. Everything is high quality with bird dogs. Yep. Go to lockdown or birddogs.com lockdown MLB or use the promo code lockdown MLB to get that free water bottle with any purchase. Check out one of our favorite sponsors. The guardians will oh, look wait, 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 wait. We got a double sponsor today. Oh, that's right. We do have a double sponsor today. We have DoorDash today. Um, I used DoorDash just this week, to be honest with you. Uh, I had a busy day working from home, and I didn't feel like making anything for lunch, so I used DoorDash to grab something. And, and other things I've used DoorDash for the past, too, is uh, this is great. If you have maybe an elderly parent or a parent or even a friend um, that you know maybe isn't able to go out grocery shopping or go out and run some errands and you want to help them out, maybe call. you can't. I don't yeah, know why I haven't yeah. thought to do that with my own dad. <laughs> Going to look it yeah. up and see if they deliver to his area. Yeah, it, it is really convenient that way that you can you can have stuff sent. Doesn't matter if it's household goods, food, whatever it is, you can have stuff sent to their house. Uh, keeps you from having to run to the store, and if they can't get to the store themselves, it, it's really helpful. So, um, right now you can get fifty percent off your DoorDash order up to twenty dollars value, and you use code Lockdown will be a checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. So fifty percent off up to twenty dollars. Um, subtotal zero delivery fees to your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use that code LOCKEDNLB. That's code LOCKEDNLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Guardians wrapped up a win against the Orioles on Thursday night. So they will try to hold off the Minnesota Twins for one more day on Friday at 710. You can listen to that game on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians. The return of Shane Bieber. All right, so I think we've we figured out Trevor Steffen, like we figured out Emmanuel Classe. That's that's how good we are in the show. Um, <laughs> Josh Naylor drove in his ninety-fourth uh, run of the year on Thursday night with a sack fly, even though he had something in his eye. So that was fun for Josh Naylor. He gets it done even when he's got eye injuries. And he had, you know, he's out for <clears throat> a good month this season with an oblique injury. Still going to get a hundred RBIs. I don't know if I told you off air, Jeff, who was the last Guardians for slash Indians first baseman to drive in 100 runs from the first base position? Uh, I believe I you, you said that it was uh, Mike Napoli. I did tell you. Okay, yeah, it was Mike Napoli in 2016. Uh, the Guardians have not had a first baseman driving 100 runs um, going back to that date. So I'm looking at single seasons going back to 2006. Uh, if you go back to 05, I believe you'll get Travis Hafner, I believe. But he was a DH, so that doesn't really count. Uh, I guess maybe you have to go back to the 90s. And I didn't go all the way back this far, but let me see if I can go back to 02 and get to Jim Tomey. Yep, Jim Tomey drove at 118 in 2002. So they went from uh, 2002 to 2016 without a first baseman driving in 100 runs. It would seem that Josh Naylor is going to um, break that streak this year at with a, with a week left to go, I'd assume he'll get six more RBI. Maybe he won't. I don't know. Um, but I think it's interesting. The Guardians have not had a run producer of that caliber in a long time, especially in a year where this has been a poor offensive year. Things have gone really bad, and he was out for a month. And 
What does that tell you, Jeff? <laughs> uh, it tells us that what happens is your best hitters get put in situations where they can thrive. Right now, Josh Naylor is clearly one of the top three hitters on this team. And he had guys hitting in front of him. Listen, we've talked about Stephen Kwan. It's been disappointing, but he is still a league average hitter. He gets on base. Jose Ramirez is an above league average hitter. Gets on base. Josh Naylor has a lot of RBIs because guys on in front of him get on base. That's that's the dirty secret. RBIs aren't about how good you are. They're you know you're good enough to be put in a situation where the guys in front of you are the ones who are getting on base. That's that just says that the guys in front of you are performing. Sorry, Hiram, uh, who I wish I loved anything in life as much as he loves RBIs. I just sadly, I don't, I don't even know if I, I love my kids that much. I'm kidding. But uh, it's one of those things where it is, it's a junk stat. It is the ultimate offensive junk stat. And I'll just leave it at that. I loved Ryan Garko. I was one of the presidents of the Ryan Garko fan club back in the day. Stanford. 2008. What's that? Stanford. Stanford, yeah, Joe, one of the right? few that worked out. Jody Garrett and, and Ryan Garka. Outside of that, not so great. Francisco was okay as an outfielder oh, yeah. compared to the outfielders they produce. So that's true. So in 2008, Ben or I almost said Ben Francisco, uh, Ryan Garko drove in 90 runs. His slash line that year was 273, 346, 404. So this is a guy who wasn't even didn't have an OPS even over 800. Still drove in 90 runs. His uh, F4 that season was negative 0.2. By the way, so. That tells you 102 WRC plus. So he was literally a replacement level player and he drove in 90 runs on a 2008 uh, Indians team that disappointed, even though their offense was, was pretty good. Yeah. And, and you look at Josh Naylor too. I mean, a guy who had a, a batting average on balls in play last year of 268, it's gone to 330 this year. And I'm not saying what he hasn't, he hasn't had a good season because obviously we know he's had a good season. He's having a career season. Hopefully he builds on it going into 2024 because the guardians offense needs that, but, Definitely a guy who has benefited from the shift and, you know, a guy who's also benefited from getting the ball in the air a little more. He is, um, he still hits more ground balls than fly balls, which is not good for a guy with his power, but he has, you know, dropped his ground ball percentage by 6%. That's fine. His launch angle has shifted up to two degrees, which is good for him. Uh, that just tells you it could be better. It hasn't been. So maybe, Maybe if he gets the ball in the air more, he can take it to the next level next year, but he could take it to the next level next year and still not driving a hundred runs. Cause that's how RBIs work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. All you right. Know, I, Gattis, I, I, th- oh, I think he's in for, uh, here's the thing. He's in for regression. Let's be honest. Like he's in for regression. We probably should have been more honest with saying we knew that we knew that, um, you know, Jimenez would be in for regression. We probably didn't call it out enough with Quan you know, maybe they'll rebound uh, next year and we'll see a little bit more, but he's going to probably regress slightly um, more. Maybe he won't. Maybe it'll just be, he'll continue to get better and he'll be healthy. And cause that's the thing. The one thing that's dogged him his entire career is health. That's true. Before the end of the episode, we are going to talk about a guy that could impact Josh Naylor's health a little bit, possibly. And we'll talk about Hunter Gaddis is outing on Thursday night and what that means for him in 2024. So our good friends over at FanDuel want to take care of you when it comes to things, uh, all things betting. I closed the wrong tab there. So, uh, but what I was going to talk about specifically is I was looking into tomorrow's series. 
for the with Shane Bieber on the mound. And the over under is at eight. And Cleveland's offense has shown a few signs of life of late. And Shane Bieber is going to have a ton of rust. I think an over under of eight is is one of those you should strongly consider right now over there at FanDuel.com. I think that is one heck of one to consider. But right now, snapping into the action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 of bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 of bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, which I just talked about, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and again, I really think that tomorrow's game is going to have over eight runs, which we have learned means tomorrow Cleveland's going to have their first no-hitter since before I was born. But uh... you heard it here first. Shane Bieber started no-hitter in his first game back. No, it's going to be a combined no-hitter. Com- combined no-hitter. Okay. With Trevor I'm Steffen kidding. keeping the keeping the game tied or keeping the no-hitter intact, of course. But they'll lose because he'll walk seven guys. So yeah. fair enough. And Shane Bieber will make his triumphant return to the mound at 7-10 on Friday night. And the Guardians kept the uh, the Orioles from clinching the division. The Tampa Bay Rays will be very happy with them. See if they still can chase him down with a week to go. You can listen to that matchup on your SiriusXM. You're probably going to a high school football game, right? So uh, pull out your phone, download the app, and search Guardians. Not me. On the, I'm going to I'm a not. princess party. You can listen to the game on your SiriusXM at the princess party. By just searching Guardians, Jeff. I, I was tempted. I would have done that at the Jonas Brothers concert had they not played at 210 that day. So I was out of luck. I did keep an eye on the Browns. You know, six Six-year-old uh, birthday party on a Friday night is, is princess, princess party. So that, that's, that's where I'll be. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the, uh, the Sirius XM app would be enough for me to survive a six-year-old princess. I'll be at a party tomorrow, but I won't need the right, app. It's, but, it's a uh, prince and princess party, I should be fair. But uh, speaking of princes and princesses, should we uh, talk about Manzardo yet? A prince among hitters in, in AAA? Let's, let's talk about our uh, our bearded prince, Hunter Gaddis, real quick okay. before we move on. Who, who has uh, cut his locks, has interesting looking goatee. Uh, I know you were more impressed with him on Thursday. I was not all that impressed. It was a lot of fastballs. He was effective. I, he was throwing strikes. Like, that was good. But he didn't throw anything else. Like, we didn't see the changeup that's elite for him. We saw some of the slider. But he didn't get any swings and misses. I just, I don't know. I think he just kind of, he did well by throwing strikes and living on the corners, which is fine. But I wasn't like super blown away by what what changed for for Hunter Gaddis. Yeah. And, you know, going back to when he was last up, because he hasn't really got too much of a run, is throwing that slider was really what we saw effective, worked as a starter. And when I say like, I'm a little more pleased with him, it's just, it's been a limited sample. But in the second half, he has been, you know, a different pitcher to a degree. Um, he still doesn't miss enough bats. There's a lot of limitations in the profile, but when you talk about going into next year, right, where you have six starters for five spots and it sets them up with a bad free agent market to maybe use one of those starters to help them get a bat that they desperately need. I'm okay with Hunter Gaddis as my sixth starter. Like that's where I am with him. Like, I think he is, a useful passable, like if he's in the Connor Pilkington of a year ago role, I think he's probably going to be just about as productive. I'm, I'm fine with that where he ends up making 10 to 11 starts. Uh, hopefully someone like Joey Cantillo or Daniel Espino steps up. I know Espino, I can't really 
count on anything, especially as a start. Maybe Cody Morris has a full spring, doesn't get hurt in spring for once, and is able to be the guy that he looked like at points last year. But I, I like I like him as a depth option. I'm not saying he's he is a part of this rotation going forward. I'm not saying he's even a lock to make the team. I, I think he's still got some options left. But I'm I'm okay with him as a depth option. Like, yeah, I I'm not sure how I feel about him as being your first guy to call up when there's a doubleheader or an injury. I guess it would depend on the length of the injury, but with. I mean, it does depend on what you do at your starter position next year. I mean, are you dangling Bieber and Quantrill? Are you going to get something that's going to help you in 2024 if you do that? Because if you trade one of them, how much are you banking on Tristan McKenzie's health? You've got three rookie starters coming back the next season for their sophomore year. And you never know with that, even though we, I think we, we feel pretty good about all of them. And then you got, yeah, you got Joey Cantillo who, didn't have a great end of the year in AAA. I'm, I'm guessing he probably wore down a little bit because it's the most innings he's ever pitched. You know, he's been he, two, it's the first time he's been healthy in three years. Yeah, he pitched April through September. It's the first time he's done yeah. that since 2019. It's the first time he's done it yeah. since he's been with Cleveland. So hopefully that was just him wearing down at the end of the year. I mean, are you comfortable with him being a six starter option? Um, and I don't know what you're doing with Cody Morris either. Like the other day, Cody Morris threw three and a third inning struck out five. The fastball velocity has been down a little bit, although he has pitched more this year than he has in any year previously since 2018 himself or 2019 himself, because he just hasn't been healthy. So you don't know what you can count on from him next year. And I don't even know what role they're putting him in next year. Like that's something that over the off season, Cleveland really has to look at is Cody Morris a starter or a reliever next year. Because I think that also impacts what your depth looks like and how you plan out your, moves this offseason if you can afford to move any pitching and you know, how much you trust Hunter Gaddis being your your sixth starter option. And that's fine because he's got options left and there's really nobody else in AAA. I mean you can you can turn to Cantillo next year. You can turn to if you figure out what you're doing with Cody Morris. I assume that means you're keeping Xavion Curry in a relief role, which is fine because he was he was fine in the relief relief role this next last year. I thought I thought I was fine with Eli Morgan coming into the year as your sixth starter, but they decided to make him a reliever last year, and that's where he stayed, which, you know, that takes away an option there. So I thought they would have done that for more depth. So I would – There's the, the problem is there's nobody in double-A to move up to. Like, Will Dion doesn't need to be on the 40-man roster next year, and I don't think he's quite ready to be a guy that you're counting on as a so – He a might force option. it. Like, again, I can't wait to see that dude in triple-A because it – doesn't make sense to be as good as right. he is with his velocity. So there's something there. Uh, someone might, and that, nice again, this, you know, could force his way into being a depth option. Yeah, I agree. You know, because he's well, going to be on the forty anyway. Well, no, I meant with the with Dion. Like, no, I know. I'm just yeah, saying. Like, but, but Espino's going to be healthy. So. Cantillo's on the forty. I think they have enough options. Like, I'm and Gaddis just gives you another one. Again, I'm not saying he is even going to be on this 26 man roster, but I like I'm okay with him as a depth arm. I think you can do worse. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if they went out and got somebody. Like, I don't think Zach Plesak is going to be here next year. I think it's almost no. a guarantee you move on from him. Yeah. But I would like to maybe acquire somebody like a a Plesak situation who needs a change of scenery that you can maybe yeah. count on. Because, I, you know, with three rookie starters coming back and given the injury history of Morris, Cantillo, and Espino, that's three guys. Like, uh, that's why I think it makes sense what you're saying about Gaddis being your depth guy because he is the one guy who's been healthy. Yeah. Um, at the very least, but you know, you 
that, but again, when you're banking on Mackenzie's health and if you're keeping Bieber, if you're not, and Bieber's got his own injury questions now, like, I don't know. You know I'm just a little bit worried about the health op- of your options. Doing what everyone loves, the interruption. I think a fun option this offseason could be Eric Lauer, the lefty with some injuries. I, coming from Milwaukee, he's got a good base. He's pitched really well the past few years, but I think he's probably going to be too expensive. He might not. I think he's good chance he's going to be you know, not offered arbitration by that team, yep. and he could be a perfect buy low due to injury. So I'll just throw that name out there. That's the one that came to mind. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the offseason too because I, I like – I would like to have some more upper level depth next year based on the youth of the rotation and the injury questions. Uh, AFL rosters come out Friday. So chances are, if you're listening to this, you might've already seen them. Maybe not. So chase the water should be on there. Uh, Eric Sabrowski is going to be on there from double a who's 26. There's need two some, some depth arms. And yeah, there's not a lot of, I mean, like we said, outside of like Ryan Webb, they actually had decent health, so there's not a whole ton of guys that you want getting more innings, I guess, if you send him yeah. out. It's, it's, Maybe they send Ross Carver, but he's yeah. – and, and remember, the AFL, too, is is usually a thing team you, teams use to evaluate players a little bit longer, and guys who are on the cusp of a 40-man roster spot. And like, it's a bad place for pitchers. It, it is a bad, yeah. So they it might is. just send a sacrificial lamb. They could. So – I I think that Kyle Manzardo is going to be on that list because he missed quite a bit of time this year with that injury. He hit his sixth home run in nine games on Thursday night. He is on a tear right now. Um, if he is not on that that roster for the AFL on Friday, I know a lot of people – so if he is on the roster, he's not getting called up. Let me say that right now. If he is on the AFL roster Friday morning, which I think he will be, he is not getting called up for the last week. Columbus's season ends on Sunday. If he's not, I'm very curious to see what happens because I don't think they're going to call him up, but then everyone's going to be speculating, like, should he spend the last week of the season in Cleveland? Because no. that's, it's, only, it's only five games. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know. If five he's games not on, aren't worth the 40-man slot. Yeah, and here, here's the thing about this, too, with Ben Manzara. Nobody wants to see him. Um, he's not Rule 5 eligible this winter. It's next winter. So I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna mess with the forty man spot before they have to with him. But the only other thing here is there's no reason he shouldn't be on the on playing the bulk of the innings between first base and DH next season. Like yep. he should be an, an impact bat for you next year, at least hope hoping he will be. So the only thing is, like, I know you're not gonna make that forty man decision before you have to in terms of rule five this offseason. So that's probably why he won't be up the final week if he's not on the AFL roster. But all the same, he's going to be on. You better he better be on the forty man roster in April. That that should be the expectation, shouldn't it be? Yeah, and you know things always get weird. Maybe they'd make a trade and clear some space. Maybe they do something. There's ways to to make that. They work, always make a trade yeah. on the forty man deadline day. <laughs> so or or even like after, like once we get into you know do something and before the season starts, maybe a team has an injury figure some things out or like they did with Brennan and some other guys, it's easy to make that trade. So I think some of that can happen, but he should be there and he is absolutely murdering baseballs. And Aaron Savale, by the way, has an ERA over five at the Rays right now. So it's not been great for him. He's, he's had one game where he pitched into the sixth inning and he just got obliterated by the angels last night. So for everyone complaining, I mean, that trade looks like a pretty big win right now. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, what is a win is each and every one of you for joining us. Uh, on this show, we appreciate all of our everydayers, all of our all of our fans. We appreciate all of you. 
Thank you very much. Remember to rate and review, download daily, do your part, it helps, and go, go, Guardians, go.